podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a He's done it again. Here comes Ward Brown. Oh! Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at MoscowMush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week, we have Ollie and Harry from Saints Prime Podcast to chat through their first year in podcasting. We discussed the highs and lows of their show and their thoughts on the season so far and what they expect following this lockdown. But before we bring them on, let me bring in my team, Statman Steve, but first, the one and only, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. How are you, Kevin? Surviving. <laughs> Surviving. You sound, you sound really great. Uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh Lockdown syndrome slowly, slowly kicking in. I mean, it's six weeks of this. I mean, we're a couple of weeks behind you, so I mean, this is officially is not going to end at least until the end of the month. Um, yeah, I haven't. I've left the flat once this week. That's bad. To, to job, yeah, that's quite bad. I should probably go for a, a brisk walk after this. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm keeping your sanity though. You get yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for this, I'd be yeah, white mm. man. Yeah. Um, and Steve, good talk, Stefan. Good talk. Forgets. Forgets. How is the German going anyway? It's it's going all right. It's taken. Um, it's a little bit slower this week. My my XP on Duolingo is slowly declined. I oh, think it's um, maybe it's the lockdown getting to me. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, have you seen that YouTube video where they compare German German words in, in other languages? Um, oh. Oh, you, should <laughs> yeah. you should definitely check it out. It's brilliant. I tell you what, there was one word. Um, it was oh, I can't remember. It was science. Yeah, that's it. It was science. It was in French. It was science. In Italian, it's scienza. In Spanish, okay. it's scientia. And in German, it's Naturwissenschaften. <laughs> Just a beautiful language. But yeah, it's I, great. I've been catching up with my Dow boy French, Kev. Oh yeah. Monge two, Kevin. Monge two. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir to you too. Yeah. Most of my French comes from a Citroën manual. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good, to, good to, uh, to hear that you're still hanging in there. Must be getting bored, as I say. Kev, how's work? Are you yeah. right on it? Yeah, going heavy. Um, yeah, up to my neck in it. But I, again, I say the same thing each time. Better to be occupied than bored stiff. That's true. And, and Statman, how's the new job? Um, yeah, it's going well. I'm in, in the third week now, so... Again, into the swing of things, but I'm finding it finding it a little bit difficult, not kind of being able to just 
you know, turn to someone and say, like, can you help me out? Just having to ping everyone on there. On the Microsoft Teams. Yeah, I've earned the name Tigger because I'm apparently I'm quite energetic after lunch. So um, that's that's been a highlight. <laughs> what, what are you having <laughs> for lunch? <laughs> well, I, apparently, oh, I got told I was having Weetabix, but um, no, I just, I had like a salad and apparently it gave me lots of energy. So. A bit of cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> stab the sauce. <laughs> I think you mix some cellar up with the the, the nose game. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um, right. Let's bring in the boys then. Uh, Ollie and Harry from Saints Prime Podcast. Hi guys, welcome. All right, boys, how you doing? Right. Yes, we're doing well. But how are you? Uh, well, surviving is probably a good way to put it. Was <laughs> it? Uh, who said surviving? I'm sorry, I, I was laughing at that. I know yeah. you guys were having a chat, and then you said surviving. That proper sent me. But yeah, I did all right. Tis, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's better weather here than where I normally live, so it's it's pretty nice. It's it's pretty nice. I just know as soon as the lockdown's over, we'll start raining again. So <laughs> that's a little frustrating. But yes, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Whereabouts are you? Uh, hey Jens, normally I, I reside in Derby during during the the normal months, but at the moment I'm I'm in sunny Southampton, so I'm I'm enjoying life. I work in Hedgen actually, so yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, guys, I know. I mean, I was talking to Statman about his uh, his German that he's taken up. But have you guys tried your hand at any new skills during this lockdown? To be honest, there's not been too many. I've <laughs> been picking up a bit more guitar than usual, which is, I guess that's the skill, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I've been trying that a bit more um, and just playing a lot of football manager. I mean, a lot <laughs> of football manager. <laughs> like, seriously worrying hours because it, it gets you. You keep going to the next fixture and suddenly you've completed season. So <laughs> that's kind of what I've been doing, really. But, um, yeah. So what, what do you do with football manager? Are you sort of the sort of manager that takes a team from League Two and then brings them straight back up to the uh, Premier League, or are you no, someone that just takes over? At the so that's more Harris style. You have to ask him about that. But for me, um, I'm doing a challenge at the moment where you start off with a team and you have to go around and win every major competition. I did try and do a Southampton save, but it was just too infuriating. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> but too much to go into. But yeah, it's a, a bit too much effort the Southampton one. But um, yeah, uh, it's just. Uh, yeah, trying to go around and try and win all the trophies, basically, which is quite fun because you basically just get to use the easiest teams, really. So, yeah, there we go. Oh, no, I've, I've dropped all the way down to Division 10 because I saw in the news that Jersey Bulls won every single game but weren't promoted because they're null and void. So I was trying to change that up a bit. I've gone yeah. all the way down there, eight, eight years. I'm, I'm into the Vanarama National League. Um, I'm, I'm sort of struggling in there, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. I've never really done one of those before, but it's, it's going well. That's very good. I always, always want to do something like that. I think my mate had it, and he said he was doing, uh, doing a league with Eastleigh. And he oh, said he was going to try and take them to the Premier League. And I thought, I want to do that, but I've never got round mm. to doing it. I think I would get infuriated with it, to be honest. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be interesting to have a Southampton derby. Yes, yes. <laughs> in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Assuming Saints are in the Premier League by the time I get up. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so let's... Before we before we go into Saints, uh, let's just chat about you guys. Like as you say, you you still live in you said you live in Derby, but you you're actually in Hedge End at the moment. Um, but uh, what about you, Ollie? Are you still in the city? Oh yeah, so I'm I'm in a similar situation with uh, Harry, where I live. Well, I live in Hedge End at the moment. Lived in Bitten until I was twelve, and then moved to Hedge End, where I met Harry and the rest of the gang. Um, but we're all basically in four different parts of the country uh, at university. And we basically get together once, maybe twice a week, to talk about Saints, 
and uh, yeah, basically chat on the podcast. So no I'm up, up, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm up in Bristol uh, at university there. Harry's in Derby, but like I say, uh, all of us have come back now to Hedgehog at the moment um, while the whole stuff's going on. So uh, yeah, back in Hedgehog at the moment. How, how did the podcast get started? Whose idea was it? Ooh. Whose idea was it? I just don't know. <laughs> I think I think it was I had, a few years before. I remember I was saying something, but I think I was talking to Mikey, one of our other members, who didn't want to do it. But I think you said it once. I think I that it, just, it was just a light bulb moment. I think it was before our first away game. We're like, yeah. should we just should we just get together and just talk about Saints? And that yeah. podcast never actually made it out. But after that, we, terrible, we kept going. Do you, do you remember how we did it? It was absolutely terrible. So yeah. we went round, I think it was your house, Tiz. Yeah, it was. It JD, was. who's like our kind of media guy, he's doing um, <laughs> digital film productions at uni, so he can get his hands on loads of equipment. Mm. But uh, the best he could get was a lapel mic, which he put on the <laughs> Pringles cap. And uh, the first one we did was sat on the sofa talking into a lapel mic. So... Uh, no fudging. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Guys, but yeah, you've got I, to start somewhere. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, and to be fair, that's where it started. That one's never gone out. It's probably on a hard drive somewhere if we ever wanted to get it up. But yeah, the first Saints Prime one was when we did. I think was it Watford away to us? Yeah, that? It, yeah. It was, we did a reaction of no. It was the match preview of West Ham, and we also reacted to the Watford game as well. Yeah, that's where it started, really. Well, don't feel too bad. I mean, Kev, we our first episode. Do you remember it? Uh, we, did, we did a season preview. Didn't we? we did a season preview. Uh, the start yeah. of last season it was, wasn't it? And mm. I didn't have a mic, so I had to use the old uh, Guitar Hero mic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, it was, uh, it, and it's it's actually out there. So please don't oh, listen to it. But yeah. <laughs> did we have a chance for that one? Um, no, I don't think we did. Ah, oh, okay. Because that would have been oh god. But yeah, um, but yeah. When did you guys become become fans? Like, you got first memories or your first game that you went to? Ooh, I can't remember. I can't remember my first game. Well, I can, but I can't remember who it was against. It was <laughs> yeah. So it, it was. Uh, I went when it was. Do you remember George Burnley put in the fact that under seven could go free? Yeah. It was uh, so probably about 2008. I think it was. Yeah. Um, mm. Probably one of the best things that George Burnley actually did for the club. Um, and uh, basically, uh, I went along when I was under sevens. I think I went for a couple of years around then. It was a one-all draw. I remember, you know, the steps down by the northern. I remember going down there yep. and chatting to my dad about it. But I can't remember anything about the game, about the first one. But I'm sure if you had a look at the one-all draw in the 2007 season, that was my first game. It's probably quite so, a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we went to a one-all draw against Palace. What, when? <laughs> We went to a one-all draw against Palace, didn't we, in that, that season? Did we? I don't know. We did yeah. Lot. I don't know. You got me a couple of tickets for them. I can't remember, hmm. Kev. Uh, well, yeah, that's my first one. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Mine, I believe, we played against Watford in 2009, 2008. 2008, yeah, 18th of October, 2008. We played Watford, we lost 3-0, we missed two penalties. Okay. And since then, I thought, do you know what? Yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been like that ever since. And that was probably like, the start of the love affair with football. It was a 3-0 loss to Watford where he missed two penalties. Well, things can only get better, though, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And going back to your show, like, so I understand you've been going for a year. Mm. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Uh, highs and lows? Oh... We had, so probably one of the, the ones that really kind of was like one that sticks out at me was the, 
The 9-0 loss was a completely unplanned podcast, so um, I went to the pub and watched it with a mate up in Bristol. Harry went to... Did you go to a sports bar? Uh, no, I went, to, I went to my friend's flat, who had two Leicester fans. Oh, so, that's so, that yeah. delightful. Oh, absolute ribbon. But, um, yeah, so I went... I came home, and basically, we were chatting about it anyway, and we thought, well, we might as well press record. Recorded it, and it basically started the kind of reaction podcast that we do after the game so although it was it was a really bad one it's basically us just rambling and being very negative about it and uh, yeah it's probably not the best content but you can tell that we were actually just annoyed and passionate about what yeah, we were talking the passion, about the passion yeah, yeah. Have, I think that was our highest rated show yeah, yeah. it's got the most downloads for that one yeah. I think I, I think ours is definitely up I think it's top two or three of that one uh, I think a lot of people wanted you know to get that anger across but um I think that was a, a low point as a Saints fan, but it kind of unlocked in kind of a few ideas as the podcast. Mm. So it's probably actually a high for content, but a low as a fan. So that's that's what I've got down as what I, I thought it could be really. Yeah, what other highs? We we recorded a podcast in a car after, <laughs> yeah. the, Aston, after the Aston Villa yeah. game. That, that was that. fun. Yeah, that was we went at the end. Of, we all we all coming back from uni that day and we all sort of mess up in Birmingham it's not the, really the centre but everyone mess up in Birmingham yeah. did the podcast in the car after 3-1 when it was just it was a good it was just a, re- it was just a really good time and I think just overall the high of the podcast it's just it's kept us together as friends yeah. like we've got other friends that haven't sort of been you know dismissed but it's brought us all together in the yeah. fact that we talk every week and even now if there's a group call going on, it'll be us. It'll be us for before yeah. anyone else. So I think that's that in itself has, has been the, the biggest part of the podcast overall. Quite a few arguments, but also quite a lot <laughs> of uh, you know <laughs> stuff yeah. us together as well. So yeah, it, it's been good. It's, it's been good fun. Who who's been your favourite player to watch this season as a Saints fan? Oof. See, I'm that's I'm a, a boring question. boring guy. I just really enjoy watching Danny Ings because <laughs> for the last couple of years. I've, re- I've, re- I've always loved watching football, but I sort of, I didn't get the same enjoyment that I did a few years ago. And just watching him, you know, at, at the sports bar, because I've not been able to go as much this season, him just smashing in goals left, right and centre. Obviously, the double against Portsmouth was a particular highlight just a few days after I left home. And yeah. I think that in itself has just really reinvigorated my love for Southampton, if not just football itself. <laughs> me too, yeah. me too. Yeah, there's nothing boring about that. I think we all feel the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it just gives a certain, you know, that that feeling of the fact that anything's possible when he's up front. I know it sounds quite strange, but when we were on that run and he was just putting them in everywhere, you think we could have had anyone. Uh, that that feeling we had at that point. So I think Danny Ings was an obvious choice. And I, play, I think he's really improved himself. A player that I've been happy to see do well. I think Stuart Armstrong's really come into his own. The fact that that's my boy. I love Stuart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's not he's not particularly quick, but what he does is he he's always looking for that forward pass. I think he we definitely do something when he's out of the team, and I think he's a really exciting player to watch because he he keeps the game moving forward. He keeps us attacking, and I think that's just as exciting as to see. So I think that's another player that I've I've really liked watching this year. Good. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a bit of an all round player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a good a good little player, and um, I think he has really helped the team as we've gone forward this year. He's definitely good in the locker room as well. He's a he's a good player. Like yeah. around. Um, before we go on to the news, I just want to ask you about your. I think you were on a Wolves uh, 
podcast. Slash. <laughs> 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 you, you, you know where this is going, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, did, you, did you ever get rid of that West Brom scarf? No, it's, it's still up. It's still up there. It's still up there. It's a it's a West Brom scarf that will forever remain on on the on the banister of my of my room. And uh, I, you didn't sack him either. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is that is such a like. So we did a anniversary podcast, and Harry sat down and selected some clips, and I said, yeah, I "Please, can we yeah. react." Yeah, yeah. Please, can we react to that again? Because it is just amazing. The guy just at, like I've mentioned it on the video before, <laughs> but he he goes to every single one of us. He goes, "Mikey, how do you think Hassan Moose would like to set up his side?" He goes, "Ollie, what's the lineup we expect?" You know, Jamie, yada yada yada. He goes to Harry, he thinks. This is the point where I'm just going to destroy this member of the podcast. <laughs> now, can I, can I ask, did you actually sure. put that up there in an attempt to aggravate, or did you just completely forget about it? Uh, oh, no, it's, it's still up there, and I imagine, hopefully we stay up, I'm going to assume that already, if we get him on next year, it's going to go round my neck rather than up there, so when, it, when he <laughs> comes on the broadcast, he'll, he'll, he'll see it right there. But yeah, it's, it's always been up there, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he saw it, to be fair, because that, that created a bit of a content that I don't think any of us will respect any Do you want to explain it to give yourself some credibility that's remaining? I think, I think it probably. damages the credibility. Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, if you're, you're going to leave it, then go for where, it. When I, was a, when I was a child, I think I liked their <laughs> kits. I liked their really imaginative kits of dark blue and white stripes. And <laughs> since then, I, I've always, you know, I've had a, a soft spot for West Brom. I've been up there a few times. And, yeah, that's why, why I've got a scarf. I try and get that up there every year. I don't, sadly, I'm not normally able to. But, yeah, that's, that's why the West Brom scarf is, is there. That's not that debate. was really debating whether it's a half-and-half scarf or... Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> I, think you, I think you hate that Vortis, the fact that you said it's a half-and-half scarf, didn't you? Yeah, because we never had an interesting fixture against West Brom. Like, if it was the cup final, I can understand. So you would, so you would still have got a half-and-half scarf if we did play? What about Good point. Mm. Yeah, very true. But that was it was a bit it was a it wasn't a like a final. It was it was a great match, but it wasn't a well it, to be fair, it wasn't a great match. It was a great ending two minutes that sort of saves our got three points. But apart from that, yeah, we've never had a cup final against them. So if there's a cup final against West Brom, I get a half takes? and half scarf then. It, it takes a cup it takes a Wembley experience for me to get a half and half scarf. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't think you were going to bring that up to me first. (laughs) (laughs) This is ITN In That Number News. Okay, ITN News. First thing I want to bring up is Project Restart. Uh, Lots of clubs have voiced their concerns on the restart. Saints' stance is a supportive one. I mean, we three have discussed at length on previous parts about what happens next. Kev, you're under the opinion that the season will be completed. Me and Steve, I think we believe it's becoming more and more difficult. Um, just this morning, actually, another unnamed Brighton player was tested positive for COVID-19. Um, Aston Villa chief executive said in the week that the league has nowhere near ready to be uh, started. Uh, and we saw as well in, the, in Korea, the K-League, that's returned. So they've played to empty stadia uh, under strict rules. Temperatures were checked, uh, teams entered separately, coaching staff wearing masks, um, excessive celebrations banned, too much talking was banned, no <laughs> handshakes, uh, just a bow of the head, no gratuitous discharge of bodily fluids, 
So yeah, it's going to be a nice, <laughs> nice fit in the not free match. Um, and also, do you know, they, they oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Kev. Yeah, uh, and like the canned crowd cheering added at times as well, which is quite weird. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and the Bundesliga, ready to go, of course, next Saturday, the 16th of May, albeit without fans. Um, in Spain, they've begun uh, solo training. I think it was Salta Vigo that returned, only allowing 12 players at their facility at a time. And even closer to home, I think Man United had recalled all their players back into the country. Um, but yeah, anyway, guys, where do you sit uh, you know, with this current situation and, and restarting? And what would you do? Oh, it's... It's a very difficult one because it seems like everyone's got a different piece in it, haven't they? I think their number one priority, they will want to try and restart it because it, it means they can get it finished. I think, let's be honest, that's the fairest solution. But then also, it seems like whenever one thing's decided, the next thing comes up that makes it uh, a problem, isn't it? I think Brighton are currently talking about the fact that they have, what is it, five home games they've got left? Yeah. And they wanted to have the what they say is their home advantage, so they want to play those games, and if it's at a neutral ground, they won't be able to do that. So it seems like there's always another hurdle. Um, so although I would love to see football back, I, would, I wouldn't want it to see it at the, the risk of the players, and I hope if there is a solution, they can find it, but hopefully they consider health is more important than finishing the season. I think that's what comes down for me. As much as it's bad that money is a massive factor, it's... It is, it is the vital factor because the amount of money that the, the TV rights do pay, that does keep some clubs alive or it does pay for that wage or pay for that play. I think there was so, someone somewhere that, put, that, that Arsenal might struggle to pay for Pepe's fee if they don't have that TV money because they're expecting mm-hmm. that money. So it's got to be when it's safe. I just don't see a point in finishing, like just null and void in this season and then starting a new one. Whenever this season has to get finished, I don't mind when, it just has to get finished before we then start the next one. I'm just not a big fan of all these rule changes that they're coming into, maybe, you know, reducing them at the time. I don't mind the substitutions, but I think they should keep the time amount the same or keep certain ones the same and then for next season make drastic rule changes if it is just for one season because otherwise you will have that thing where teams like Aston Villa will say, you know, oh, VAR's been introduced for half the season but not the second half. This goal, this goal and this goal got disallowed mm. and this goal that might have kept us up didn't get disallowed for the opposition. Really? So it's, it's that yeah. big factor of mm, yeah, keeping it, the integrity. That's right, yeah. Um, Kev, are you still on the same same stance? Um, well, I mean, I, I never really believed that it was nailed on that it was going to start, but um, I think the season has to be finished. I think there's um, no other way about it, as uh, Harry was saying there. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter when you finish it, as long as we do. I mean, it's the 19-20 season, so as long as we finish it by the end of the year, that's fine. I mean, the whole thing with contracts. Well, I mean, it's the same for all teams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't matter too much. But yeah, I think it's quite strange if you change the rules partway through the season and have yeah, more subs or, or no, no yeah, 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 neutral venues and yeah, it's just, I mean, I suppose whether you play at home or away, if there's no fans in the crowd, there's no real advantage anyway, is there? No, I mean, look, what France did, they, they just awarded Paris Saint-Germain the title, didn't they? Um, mm. Could we do that? Could we just give Liverpool the title and then keep Bournemouth, Villa and Norwich up? The thing is, I think I saw somewhere, this might be completely incorrect, but I think somewhere 
I saw something that said in the official rule books of League One that if like these circumstances happen where the league can't finish, that like people get awarded champions and these three teams go down. Whereas I don't think in any of the other top leagues there's official rules for if the season can't finish. So I'm not too sure if that's correct, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere. So could it happen? Most certainly, because as much as a lot of fans might be frustrated that Liverpool are going to win the league, they are deserving of winning the league. It's just that relegation battle is still really tight, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do for that if they create a 22 team league. Even, even that's unfair because Aston Villa won 12 straight games when, when the lockdown f- would have finished last season to now and they got into the playoffs so teams that in the playoffs might not be in the playoffs so it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do if they not avoid the season which I don't think will happen but if they do what they'll do to those promoted teams. Yeah, um, Steve you got anything to add on this? Yeah I think for me it should kind of finish in some form of normality I think as we were saying last week you know, Kev was saying, if the season is able to finish, then we've got to go for that option, even if it means that the next season is going to be put back. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work, but I guess that's up to the officials more than anything. Um, but I think you know, it's, it's got to finish. We can't really just award Liverpool the title without sending three teams down. And um, you know, as the guys were saying earlier, like if, if a team like Norwich, for example, I think. I think I um, might be the only one, but I think Norwich could potentially go on a go on a run and start winning some games. They had some good form, uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I think they had some good form actually, like coming into um, the last few games. So I don't know. Like but you never you know, know, do you? So, yeah, Leicester did it. Yeah. What do you think about the idea of just having a massive penalty shootout to decide? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what, Kev? We had a discussion at work the other day. Um, <laughs> And he, he said in jest, let's just bring it back to uh, just, have, just have indoor five-a-side games. Because, you know, you could have rolling subs all the way. That was sort of the new five-sub allowance, and you couldn't use VAR anyway. And I thought, this is a brilliant idea. As long as they, like, televise it, I'll be all for it. <laughs> who, would yeah. you, who would your Southampton five-side type team be? Then? Who would you start off with? This is great. Um, <laughs> well, you've got, you've got to have McCarthy in goal. Yeah, big phrase. No. Well, he's still up half the goal, but he's still on uh, Celtic, isn't he? Yeah. That's the problem. So if you do go McCarthy, and then what formation would you play? Would you have one at one at one at the back or two? Two at the back, easy. Yeah, because we're Saints, we need two at the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's really go for. If it's five aside, you've got to have players that come from on the ball as well, don't you? Yeah, you've got so, to have Jack Stevens. Jackie Stevens. Stevens, Stevens yeah, big yeah, pick. No, you can't have you cannot have Vestergaard in five aside. That'd be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> 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 uh, will we say Bedrack there, do you reckon? Oh, Stevens and Bedrack? So definitely. Pair together, yeah. Mm. And oh, then... Ward Prowse, definitely, for his work rate. You've got to have him. Yeah. There. It's just energy. Yeah. And then Danny. And, then, and yeah. 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 That's pretty good, to be fair. It's not bad, is it? No, I think that'd be all right. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah we, oh, could, we could just go for the four formation. Just stick four at the back. No one else. <laughs> Bring back Cole Perales, manager. Them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, other news: former boss Ronald Koeman is recovering after being admitted to hospital with, with, with um, chest pains. So that's yeah. nice to see. Um, and news. Steve, you brought something to my attention last night. Uh, Mario Lamina suggesting that he wants to stay in Istanbul with Galatasaray, and I quote: "Become a legend." There. <laughs> <laughs> Have any basic stats that back up his performances? Yeah, so as we said last night, I sort of had a look into the stats, and uh, to be honest, 
I think there's more... And if we kind of compare Lamina to, say, Hoiberg and Warprowse, he's he's not really kind of getting a look in compared to them. Um, I've got one positive stat for Lamina. <laughs> he's only been dribbled past 17 times when you compare that to, um, you know, James Warprowse's 45 and PS50. But I don't know, does that say more about the Turkish League or... But then Lamina again, these, these stats are the Champions League as well, aren't they? That's, that's very true as well. Um, but yeah, he's only scored one goal in, what, 26 appearances, I think it was, and that was in the Turkish Cup, and no assists, so wow. that's not too positive, is it? Well, he's certainly well on his way to legendary status. Hashtag tonic like lemonade. Guys, yeah, you, um, are you okay with, with Lamina staying permanently at Galatasaray? Well, I think we dropped our asking price for him again, didn't we? I think we said, what was it, nine million or something like that? Yeah, it's just uh, you can see why we did the signing. He looked promising, but I think he's just one of those players where if it's not going right, I don't think he's worth you know he's willing to put the effort in. So if he gets him off the books and we can start trying to bring someone else in who's you know willing to work, then I think we're all for it really. But it's whether he'll go. That's the thing, and really. Yeah, and Harry. Yeah, I'm the similar things. Just whatever transfer fee, take it and just get the wages off the book and pay it to someone else because he doesn't. He probably doesn't want to be here. With he's a great player on his day, but he's got he's either an eight out of ten, eight out of ten or is a two out of ten, and too often he's a two out of ten. So I'm more than happy to to, to ship him off to be honest with you, and so he can be be a legend at Galatasaray, <laughs> which I'm excited to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, and something I read this morning as well is that the Spurs are still keen on signing Hoiberg. Um, he's down to his last 12 months now. Keeps on the surface, doesn't it, this one, Steve? It does, yeah. But I've actually read something as well that said that Spurs can't sign anyone unless it's on a free transfer. So I don't know how that's going to work. But apparently that's um, something that's come from the top from Levy. So, um, yeah. I've, I've, I've spoken to quite a few mates of mine who are Spurs fans, though, and they say... They're kind of covered in midfield, so they wouldn't need someone like Hoiberg. So, I don't know. Is it just false rumours? Oh, probably. Yeah. But, but we, we like that here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's got that new agent with nothing to do, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and Kev, I want to talk to you about um, one of the positives that we can take out of this lockdown is the fact that you know players, managers, coaches have got a little bit of time on their hands. So, Ralph has returned to Munich to be with his family. Um, he's got time to rethink some of the issues that have dogged us down this campaign. You know, tout future transfer prospects, coaching systems, again, like the academy playbook. Just basically redo everything. Um, so if and when we continue, this has got to be a massive plus, right? I mean, he must be super excited to show off all his hard work now. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time to be introspective and um, analyse you know, all, all of everything that's happened so far this season, taking a close look at all the players, maybe the academy players too. But, I mean, I don't know if it's an advantage because it's the same for all of the other teams. You know, they've got this time, type long time out to uh, kind of reassess the squad. And I suppose, yeah, the other advantage is that any, you know, injuries, um, got a bit of extra time for um, players to recover from their, from any injuries. But uh, yeah, apparently he's created this like handbook. Yeah, playbook, uh, SFC playbook. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's supposed to go into that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love a look at it. 
Um, right then, okay. So I want to talk Saints with you two. Um, your thoughts on the season so far? Um, and you know, for those of you who don't remember, we're sat in 14th from 34 points. That's five points ahead of Brighton and 15th. So yeah, guys, give us your thoughts on the season so far. Start with we start with Ollie. Thoughts so far? It seems with the kind of the model we set out with, I was kind of expecting this kind of result really I, I think we had we did a prediction I think I said 12 so that yeah, was kind did. of you did say 12 so that was where I was kind of thinking was um, I think it was I, with this is it the self-sustaining model is that the way that they're, they're yeah, defining right. at the moment yeah. I think it's it puts a lot of emphasis on the scouting and I think although we got you know what looked like sensible transfers if they don't all hit off the ground running it's going to be quite difficult to try and get that top 10, top 8 area, which I think the Saints fans want us to try and push towards. So um, I, th- I think it was kind of what I expected. I was thinking it would be a little bit more steadier rather than the the sharp decline and then the massive pickup in form again. So in terms of the form, I wasn't expecting it to fluctuate that much. But in terms of the actual finish where we are at the moment, it's kind of around where I thought it was going to be. So... Um, still plenty of surprises because it's Southampton, but um, yeah, it's kind of like position-wise, it's kind of what I thought it was going to be, really. Um, but, yeah. My, my thing is, have I seen improvements from last season? Absolutely. Have I seen players want to play for us more than last season? Like, I see, I see when when we play it, it actually looks like our players want to play for the team rather than play for a club. You see, under Puel Pellegrino, they're there, but. They're not really there. Whereas, you know, every goal that we score, every tackle that players like James or Flowers Foyver makes, there's passion behind that. And for me, that's that's a major plus point. And we're picking up points against good teams. And I just think overall, the way we're playing is such an improvement to what we were last season, e- even six months ago. That I'm enjoying it, even though we're going up and then we're going down and we're going up again. You know, there is that improvement there because I can see I can see an end goal, and that, that's the main thing for me. Okay. Um, what about um, any pleasant surprises for you? The two that I looked at, Jack Stevens, he, he was most certainly a, a pleasant surprise because you know he, he was what third, fourth choice centre back. Now he's you know pro- probably number one. And Danny Ings as well. I know we expect we know how good at finishing is, but I just think you know he's not been injured just just yet in touch room because hopefully he doesn't. I'm just so impressed with how he's kept fit. Those those are my two my my two main surprises on, on a positive note. I think I, I don't know it would be mentioned a lot of times, but the fact that Ward Prowse has found, like, finally mm. found his system and position, I think that's really important for him because I think he was struggling for quite a while to try and find where he should play. I think he's got a brilliant position at the moment in that double pivot with Ralph that he does a bit of everything, which I think is what he's best at. I don't think he's got a defined area. I don't think he's a you know a right midfielder. I don't think he like he did well in that attacking midfielder, but. I think where he is at the moment is perfect for him. He's definitely built up his fitness as well. That's, I'm glad that you said that because I, that's my problem with, with Ward-Prowse over the last few years, the fact that I don't know where his best position has been. So he's not yeah. quick enough to be a winger. He's not strong enough to be a, you know, a holding midfielder. But if you just give him that free role, as it were, he just does not stop running and he, he's just giving everything for the team this year. And, you know, compare him to last year, I know under Ralph, when Ralph came in, he picked up massively. But I mean, to, to think he wasn't even getting on the bench with, with Mark Hughes... So yeah, massive. Yeah. yeah, I think definitely he is is coming to his own this season. And if you were doing players of the season, he's got to be definitely up there. I know Danny Ings has got the goals, but 
you know, how worried were we when he got injured in that Spurs game? You know, that mm. clearly shows how much of an importance he had to the team. Um, OK, and then on the flip side, what needs to improve? Aside, aside from the home form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, OK, if we do generally, um, we need uh, wing-backs, don't we, really? Yeah. I, I mean, strength in both those sides, really, I think. Whether Carl Walker-Peter stays on or if not, we definitely need some pressure on Valerie at right back. And I know Bertrand's been a, a good, consistent player at left back, but the fact that we've lost a bit of um, cover with target, we either need a, a youth player to step up to the, to the plate to try and add that pressure, or maybe look for another a younger player we can find abroad to try and um, add that pressure as well. So for me, it's probably the wing backs we need to try and strengthen on, I think. Mm. Yeah, for me, certainly the wing backs. I was doing, I was doing a bit of research last night to see if my, my thoughts were sort of backed up. And Bertrand has got the least sort of goal contributions in the four teams left backs above us. If that makes sense, so he's got mm-hmm. two. Jetro Willems has got four. Digne's got five. Uh, Alan Holt's got three, and Peters has got three. And then I look at our wingers, and they've got quite a low goal contribution per game compared to those teams as well. So I think our goal contributions from our wing-backs and also wingers as well, that's the main thing which I want to improve. Because, yes, we're sort of the same level, just a bit below, but I don't want to be at the same level. If we want to improve, I want ours to be much, not much better, but just better to get more goals out of those areas because we can't rely on uh, daddyings all the time. (laughs) I mean, what's the biggest disappointment of the season so far then? Oh, biggest disappointment. Um, what's happened at 9 0, Kev? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we can forget that's happened, um, whether they are another season or not. Probably, um, we had our hopes up for Trey Adams, and don't get me wrong, he's, he's done okay apart from the goal scoring, but. I think he's. I think he's a bit unlucky in the fact that the one season where Daniels doesn't get injured and Shane Long's played very well, he's the third choice striker, so he's not got that much space to get into the team. But I think the first day of the season was my main disappointment: the fact that I think all of our fans are really, really hyped up, and then we we lose three 0 to a Burnley side, which we probably shouldn't have lost three 0 to, and that sort of set us back a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. if we won that game, I think we would have done a lot, a lot better. But yeah, for me, it's either Trey Adams getting unlucky slash not finishing off a lot of chances and probably the 3-0 loss to Burnley as well. Yeah, I think that's such a good shout because we played five at the back against Burnley and I was really disappointed to see the fact that we were going this full triple two all through pre-season, Trey Adams scoring and suddenly we revert back to and I think we hit our bad form when we were playing... You know, like, we were playing defensive sides against, like, Bournemouth at home and just getting played off the park, really. And that was really disappointing to see things like our home form just kind of getting torn to pieces, really. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's worked out well in the end because now we have a system and we're sticking with it and we know it gives us results. But we had to go with, through that rough patch, didn't we, to kind of realise mm. what we needed to do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's not a... Yeah, um, I was going to ask. What, so, in terms of kind of where Saints are at the moment, what what would you kind of classify that? I mean, would you say we're kind of more in this transitional phase? Obviously, we we've come through all those excellent seasons, and then we kind of slip back. Um, you know, sort of fighting relegation. Now we're pushing on a bit. How would you kind of like? How how would you describe the kind of position Saints are in now in terms of like the wider club? That's a good question. Do you want to go first, Sizzle, me? Uh, you can go first. Oh, okay. I'll go first um, 
I think we're still seeing a lot of the... Because we've got a, a still relatively new owner and what it seems like we are basically re- rebuilding this club to try and make us stay, uh, self-sustainable, which means the, the boys at the top have basically gone and we're restructuring that, but it seems like we're also kind of filtering down to things like middle management and stuff like that to try and make sure they're all on the same philosophy and that we're building this club back up again to basically try and get get those good players in the door that are hungry and want to try and push for what the fans want to see, which I think is top 10 pushing towards Europa League. And I think we need to just try and build that back to what it used to be, really. So I think at the moment we're still building, but hopefully in the future we'll be able to see you know, those hungry players coming in again, proving their worth. And if they go, so be it, because we know we can rely on the next wave coming through. So if we can make that sustainable, I think that's what we'll... We'll see, but at the moment, I think we're still trying to rebuild it again from yeah, what it was, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably a transitional phase due to the fact that the, the signals that Ralph is pulling out for us and the fact that he sort of wants our club to run through his mould, and I, lo- I enjoy that because I think it's down from the under-13s to the main team, and if we just... If he does that and he stays here for the five, six years, this is our transitional period where we, not not do as he says, but sort of, if we go off of his mould and we trust him, I feel like, you know, players will come and go, but as long as we've got him and we're playing that system, we're playing it all through the youth academies, I think we're in that period that we've got a massive amount of potential. It's just about both realising that and funding that. And I'm not saying massive transfers here or there. All I'm saying is if he asks for a certain player to replace this player that's sub £20 million, because I think he is the best chance that we have of getting back into maybe the Europa League or top 10, because both the board trust him after that 9-0, a lot of people, and I think he thought himself he was going to get sacked. And, you know, we've given that faith. He's looking to repay that faith. And what we need to do now is fund that because as a, our fans are fickle quite a lot of the time. But after <laughs> trusting a manager, or, well, most of the fans trusting a manager after that sort of loss, I think we're certainly in that phase where, you know, there's, there's only improvements that we have. Um, in, in terms of, like, future transfers that we bring in and with Ralph's 10-point plan to bring in these transfers, do you believe in that model? Because at the moment we haven't really seen... Because he, he wants to bring in players that are young enough that he can mould and that are cheap enough. He doesn't want to spend massive amount on players that are proven in the, in, in the, in the Premier League. But people like Che Adams, it's not worked out. Kevin Dancer, it's not worked out. That's part of that mould. Do you think it's possible going forward that we can bring these players in cheap enough? I think there's certain more, certainly more of a chance now because we've got Matt Crocker who's came through the door who was, who was here a few seasons ago when we had those, those good transfers. I think under Pellegrino, they were either rush transfers, his transfers, or a mixture of both. Whereas we had Guido Carrillo, where I think we all knew that Pellegrino was thought slightly on his last days and we signed a £20 million striker and that just that didn't work out. And players like that, players like Lamina was good, but you know more of a big name than anything else. I think... If we get our scouting right, which I think we've got a massive chance to do, because we've done that in the past, I think we've got a really, really good chance. And I, I think Danso was rushed. I think Danso was a really rushed transfer. Well, that, that, came down, that came down towards the end of the transfer window, didn't it? The Danso mm. one, where fans were screaming yeah. for a centre-back. And mm. they brought him in. We were all excited about it. We thought, yeah, Ralph, Ralph can't do anything wrong at that point. Mm. And mm. then he's not even played centre-back, is he? Or one, one appearance as mm. centre-back. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know what he... 
I don't know whether he's Ralph just doesn't quite trust him yet, or there's not something not quite there. But he looks. He, there's definitely something there, isn't there? It's just. Mm. It's. I don't know. I don't know what what it is. I, I mean, I saw him. Was it Huddersfield? He played uh, right back or something like that. Yeah. He looks. Like, he looks okay, and you could clearly yeah. see like he had a jump on him, and he could clearly get up to the ball, but. I, I don't know what it is. There's just something there that it doesn't quite seem to click, does it? I don't know what it is. And he's, he's their international youth captain. Like, he's, it doesn't seem like he's a bad player. It just must be, you know, either the way he trains or he's not, he's not impressed in training. And I think with Chaz, Chaz is a bit different because Ralph still trusts him. There's a lot of players, like you've seen with Dan, so that he doesn't trust or he sort of chucks by the wayside. Whereas, you know, we could have sold him for Leeds for a profit. And I know that wouldn't, indicate a positive transfer but we could have made our money back but if we're still trusted it still shows that certain level of belief and I think signing these championship players like Jared Byrne went to West Ham and mm-hmm. stuff like that I think that's, that's, there's a good chance that they could work it is just a bit of a punt and I feel you know our, our transfer strategy is slowly returning to what it was I just think we need you know now we've got Matt Crocker and we've got that black box that sort of works 50% of the time <laughs> I think they, I think I think it can I think it still it still can work it's just after so many years of it being successful and none of our transfers seemingly going wrong you are going to have these bad ones here or there like every club does and I think it's just getting through that patch sort of wiping the slate clean saying right Hoyt can go Carrillo can go Lamina can go for whatever money and then we rebuild from that point on yeah, yeah. you're still recovering but we just had a wave of shit transfers and yeah. you know they're still hanging around yeah um, right okay I, I want to chat about one of your latest videos that you've put out um, you, okay. you, you did kits over the last 10 years or so. Uh, yeah. I, I see. I, I don't think it came across in that video that well, but no, no, I, no. Had to, I had to sit down for about an hour and a half and look at that. So I really, like, my favourite kit, right, and you might have saw this before we recorded for listeners, it's the Adidas Viho kit. Yeah, love it. That is, like, my favourite kit that we've made. Like, And I spent about two minutes ranting the boys about how I like it. And then it ended up in... Which one did it end up in, Harry? I think it was good, but not great. Yeah, good, but not great. I was <laughs> kicking off. I was kicking off. Like, we pressed record. Like, we ended recording, and I was like, right, that is a travesty. How has that not ended up in, like, amazing or whatever? Um, but, yeah, what was your question about it? Which ones were, you know... What did, what well, did you think? I mean, you had your categories. Like, what were the cat? There was five yeah. categories, weren't there? Right. Like, it, was, it was iconic. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good, but not yeah. great. Underrated, yeah. meh, and what were you thinking? Yeah. No, that was very, very nice. Very, very uh, nice. Yeah. Very, yeah. very also, nice. Also, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make it. So, Harry, you were responsible for the tier list. And the thing is, yeah. you made what were they thinking, but we didn't put any in what were that's, they thinking. That's my no. question. That is my question. <laughs> you didn't put anything in there, and I can honestly <laughs> say that the three that we've got right now in this campaign are, are yeah. fucking terrible. I, yeah, I hate them. Yeah, I'm yeah, really, awful. Like, but... Like I think, uh, I think what we said in the video was that it would have to be like really bad. And to be fair, we probably should have thought it through and went, "What were they thinking?" Yeah. Like, but I think <laughs> that, like, I think yeah, these ones are just really not great. Like Mikey defends them, but really? yeah, I really don't rate them. I I just can't work out. What well, you probably think is probably the best option to put them. What were they thinking, weren't they? But yeah. 
it's just, I think it's the, the sponsor for me. It doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work with the pits. I just think the only thing that's good on it is the red and white stripes. That is it. Yeah. Like and the even then they cut those halfway, didn't they? Yeah. And put a massive black bar on them. Yeah, it looks like a full spear. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Redmond's wearing it. It just looks like an extension of his beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but most of the stuff that you put out there, I was, I was, it was one of those things that I, I, I put on to watch and thought, oh, I'm not going to watch the, watch all of this. But I actually did. I sat there and thought, oh, okay, let's see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. I sat there and, and, and watched the lot, and I agreed with most of them, but I just couldn't think. You know, the, the one, the three that we've got out this year, I just think are awful. Um, yeah. But yeah, then it got me thinking. I'm going to ask all of you in turn. Um, if you could just pick one home shirt, one away shirt Ooh. in the last ten years, in that in that time that you were doing, um, what are you going to go for? Kev, I can probably guess oh. yours. I'll go, I'll go with Kev first. Um, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. The centenary um, shirt of the 2010-2011 season um, with the red stripe. No sponsor. Love it. Yeah. And away shirt. I've actually got one um, that I bought with the shorts and everything. Um <laughs> And it's still got the tags on in the original packaging because I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> um, and um, the one I'm wearing is quite nice. So I've got the 1617 um, home gear. I like that one with the more recent stripey ones. But um, I, I, I really want to say a, a classic yellow away kit like the 2011-2012 um, one, the, you know, the Umbro one with the... AAP. Yeah, that's a nice one. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But um, I really love, um, maybe it's just a bit of nostalgia attached to the 2013-14 season, the Black Adidas one. You can just, yeah, when you yeah. picture it, you can see, you know, um, Lambert or Lodana. Um, sure. You know, that's going to be Yeah, that's just wonderful times. And you, Steve, one home shirt, one away shirt. Um, I think for home shirt, I'm going to go for the 14-15 kit, the one yeah. um, that Saints made themselves. Um, that was that was such a nice kit. I think it's just so simple as well. Like they, they've kind of, you know, this season they've added that black bit at the top and it just looks terrible. It's, they just need to kind of return to simplicity, I think. Um, but, yeah, that was my favourite home shirt. And then for away shirt, probably, again, I'm probably going to be like one of the only ones who says it, but... I oh, really, really, really oh, love the green one. I love oh, it. No, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not for me. No, I can Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, and we go, we go, Ollie. Yeah. So I'm still going to back myself and say that the the last year of Adidas <laughs> with the red and white stripes is like I know the centenary is like an iconic kit for Saints, but if I had to pick one, it has to be red and white stripes, and I think Adidas finally got it right. It just is the Adidas quality, but it. It just looks so smart, logo, you know, like the sponsor goes with it. It's, I think it's just a really nice, smart-looking kit. And the away one, that's, that's a tough one because there's been some good ones. I'd probably say, do you remember the Flyby one, the the navy with the, the yellow on it? Yeah. They did that oh, nice, very nice in, yeah. embroidery yeah. pattern on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really that's a really smart kit. And, yeah, I think for me, that those would be my two if I had to pick, pick one. Is each. that the one with the yellow at the top? Yeah, the yellow at the top, and they kind of did... Yeah, I I thought that was really nice. Mm. Harry? Yeah, for me, the championship promotion home shirt, I really enjoyed that one. I really liked that one. I just think it was just set out nicely. That might be just a lot of the memories from that championship season as well. I just think that was just a a tidy, basic, nice kit. And I think for the away one, 
it's got to be our away strip for the for the League Cup final, the white one. It may be because I've got yeah. a, a loyalty to that shirt because I may have paid too much for one <laughs> of those shirts once. But I just think yeah. I think it's just a very it's a very very nice shirt which most of the time brought good memories as well. Even though we've only worn it about three times, I like that yellow um, Ahero Elia kit, but I'm I am a big fan of that white one as well. I do like that one. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm going to take the. 17-18 home shirt you know the, the one with the big white stripe down the middle I think it was the oh. first year oh, I, like yes. um, yeah. I like that one that's a good one and I like last season's yellow and blue that was nice yeah one. I like that one that was good with the, with the blue on like the shoulders that's right? the one that's yeah, the one. yeah. yeah really no, that's, that's I think nice. for me it has to be yellow and blue I mean both our cup finals were yellow and blue and I think mm. yeah I think if I'm going all time I would go the 2003 FA Cup final away shirt Ooh. And I do like the as a home shot, I like the ninety one to ninety three Draper Tools one. It's the first kit I ever had. It just has everything. It's got the right amount of stripes. It's got a collar, a classic look. Shearer Letizia wore it. Yeah, it's the first ever shirt I ever had. It's still in my loft as well. But yeah, love that one. I can't fit into it anymore. But yeah. <laughs> okay, right. I'm going to play a little. Going to play a little game now. Everyone's going to take part in this. So I'll go around. Ooh. Go around in turn. We're going to do play, bench, or sell. So I'm going to name three players. And you're going to name, and you're going to say whether you're going to play them, whether you're going to bench them, or you're going to sell them. Quite oh, easy. Wow. Okay? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay, we start, we start an easy one. McCarthy, Gunn, Forster. Let's go with Steve first. Um, I think, obviously... Hmm. Actually, I think I'm going to play McCarthy. Uh, I think I'm going to bench Forster and sell Gunn. Okay. Yeah, I think Gunn's just had a little, a little too many kind of appearances where it's not been quite convincing for me. Okay. And we go Ollie. Okay. I'm going to play McCarthy. I'm going to sell Forster, which means I bench Gun. I think. I think. I think Forster's stocks gone back up while he's been at Celtic, and although. Like I think he would be okay at Saints. I just think probably be best to try and move on a little bit. And I think although Gun Gun's probably still got a couple more years to try and learn and grow, but I think uh, yeah, I kind of cash in for Forster. He does I have think. youth on his side, doesn't he, Gun? Yeah, mm. so that's that's what I'd go for. Okay, Harry. Yeah, similar reasons to Ollie. I'll say play McCarthy because he. He's, he's having an all right season. Salesforce because he's get he's getting a bit older. He's still got high wages, but also I'd love to see him return to Celtic and you know be be a lesson because he can't he can't be here. And just due to the fact that I think a lot of Saints fans burnt their bridges with Forster because of some of the, the abuse that he got. And I, I respect Forster, but I feel like you know maybe going to Celtic is the best option. And same with Gunn, I'd bench him because I still think he's got a lot of potential here. If you know maybe McCarthy doesn't play so well to a couple of games because yes we lost nine nil but that wasn't that wasn't all down to the performance <laughs> of Angus Gunn so I still I still feel like he's got he's got a good he's got a good future here I feel Kevin um, I'm going to have to go with, with the left and Ralph right Hassan um, McCarthy is our number one um, bench Angus Gunn I mean we've invested so much in him and um, yeah if you can get over that. Uh, nine now, then yeah, I think I think he will be a, a great option for us a few seasons down the line. But yeah, if you could get the chance to solve the conundrum that is Fraser Forster and his um, wage bill, you'd be a fool not to take advantage of that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, Steve. I'm gonna go McCarthy play. 
bench Forster and Sal Gunn. I just feel a little. I mean, whenever Gunn's in the team, I just don't feel. <laughs> I just yeah, I just, just feel a little bit uneasy. Imagine being a penalty shootout and Gunn being there or Forster being there. I would rather take Forster, regardless of age. Yeah, I'm going to say Forster on the bench. How can you just justify having spending so much money on a? Um, Second choice goalkeeper. Well, that wasn't part of the game. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Uh, Valerie, uh, Kyle Walker Peters, Kevin Dadso. Oh, Tough one. That's tricky. Yeah, that is tricky. Um, I think, okay, I'm going to go for, I'm going to play Valerie. Um, although, you know, his. His mistake led to the Newcastle goal. I still think, based on last season, he has a lot to give to the team and essentially just kind of needs to play some more. Um, so then I'd bench Walker Peters and Sel Danzo. Um, as the lads were saying earlier, I'd, there's something quite clearly kind of going wrong with Danzo and I'm not quite sure what it is, but yeah, probably it's best for him to not be at the club next season. Okay. Yeah. Was it me next? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's spot on, to be fair. I think Valerie is probably the best option out of those three. So I think game time is just all he needs. I think he needs to have some good performances and suddenly he will pick up. I think he just needs to get there first. And I think probably out of the three, he's probably the the best physically and I think he's got the the best chance of doing it. Walker-Peters is a good option to have on the bench. So if we can have that possibility, that sounds good. Um, and then yeah, I'd uh, sell down so because it just doesn't look like it's going to work, does it? So that's probably what mine would be. Nice. Yeah, similar reasons before Dan, though I'd sell. I'd have to relay. Uh, Valerie, I'd actually bench because I, I feel like Kyle Walker Peters. I just I like his athleticism as a right back. I know he's only played one game for Southampton, but I do. I feel like he's more athletic. I think he's got more to offer in, a t- in an attacking sense. And that, that's the main reason, really. I think he's got the most potential. I think Valerie is a great is a great backup, and he's a great replacement if um, Kyle Walker Peters ever gets injured. But for me, I, I'd stick Kyle Walker Peters as, as our right back. I'm going to jump in here quickly, Kevin. I'm going to agree with you, Harry, because I'll make it two two. I'm definitely having Kyle Walker Peters over Valerie. Kind of a roll of the dice, but because we know what we've got with Valerie, don't mm. know what we've got with uh, Kyle Walker Peters. But I want to find out. But yeah, definitely mm. Danso. Danso, Danso gets the boot for me. Kev, the decider. Um, well, you sort of mentioned that Valerie's the only player that is actually asked to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs> ruining the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, I'd, no, I'd, I'd go with Valerie. Because, um, I mean, he has shown himself to be brilliant um, in, in the past. I mean, yeah, he wasn't um, amazing in the last match that we watched against Newcastle. Um but I mean, Walker Peters, yeah, I'd probably put him on the bench and um, yeah, uh, give Danso the heave home. Do you know what, Kev? I thought you were going to be a right swat there and say, right, I'm going to put Danso in the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And put Walker Peters on the bench and tell him. Okay, next one. Uh, James Woodrouse, Pierre Emil Hoiberg, and Oriol Romeu. Sure, okay. So it's got to be Woodrouse starting for me. Um, I think probably. Earlier on in the season, I wasn't convinced by Hoiberg, but I think some of the work we've done looking at his stats, is actually he's very underrated. So I'm going Hoiberg bench and unfortunately sell Romeo, even though he's such a mm. um, loyal player for Saints. God, this is tough, isn't it? Mm. I think Ward Prowse is nailed, so I think he's got to be starting. But it's normal. 
how far do we take this? Are we going to say that Hoiberg's happy with sitting on the bench? Because if he's not, <laughs> Hoiberg, Hoiberg stocks high, you know, we could sell him. And then I think Romeo probably suits stay on the bench. That sounds strange, doesn't it? But, no, I, I like the way you're thinking, because I wasn't thinking you know, that. But, you know, like Romeo, in Real's system, he comes off the bench and he just solidifies stuff for the last 20. So, And I think he's a good member of the squad and I think he'd probably be happy coming off the bench, whereas I think Hoiberg would want to continue his career. So we if we can sell him one of yeah, stocks high, then I'll probably go that way then. I get it. I get it. It's good. Yeah. Might be out, yeah. out there. Yeah. Wolf Rouse for me is going to play, not just because of his set pieces, but I think out of the two... I think he, he offers more to the team, maybe more consistency. Strong tackler as well. I think Hoiberg, Hoiberg I'd bench. Hoiberg I'd bench. And for Romeo I'd sell because I just, I, he's not athletic enough for the system. He's, he's very one-dimensional, the fact that he's only a ball-winning midfielder. If, if we've got a three-man midfield and he can sit, it's a great job, but we don't. We've got a two-man midfield. And I think with this system, I just don't see where he fits in. If Hoiberg or Warpraus gets injured and Romeo drops in, I'm, I'm not confident. I've got to say, I'm not confident because he's not as quick, he's not as athletic, and he can only really win the ball. He can, he can do short passes, but any Premier League player can do some good short passes. So, for me, Warhouse play Hoiberg, French, and Romeo sell. He can do some red cards as well, I think. Kev, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're going to completely throw this one out again, aren't you? going to say that Ward Prowse and Hoiberg can both play at the same time, or something like that? <laughs> play all three, there you go. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah, I, 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 Ollie's actually convinced me. I completely changed oh. my answer. Um, yeah, I'd go with um, with Prousey and Stella Hoiberg to get a load of cash from. Um, Romeo can definitely do a job on the bench. We could off the bench. We've seen him uh, make a difference in matches so far this season. So, yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, I'm going to do the same, I think. I, I had I had Steve's down as well, and I thought, yeah, I'll take, take Hoiberg any, any day, but... I didn't really think about making money out of it, but yeah, so I'm going to take that as well, so nice one, Ollie. There we go. Okay, right, Gineppo, Buffal, Armstrong. I'm going to play Armstrong, Ooh. start, um, just because he's, you know, as we were saying, like he's, he's the complete player, he can kind of play defensively, he can play attacking, he can provide that cover, um, and then, ah, oh, this is tough, I think... I'm going to go for Buffal Bench just because I think he has more impact than Gineppo, but I also love Gineppo, so... Uh, You're going to sell Gineppo? What the sorry, fuck? Sorry, Musa. <laughs> I'm going to sell Musa. I'm going to go totally out there, sell Musa. Oh, I think that's harsh. I think that's harsh. Armstrong's starting for me. I think he offers most out of the three. Um, Gineppo's still young, whereas I think Buffal's had three or four seasons to crack it and he still hasn't really done it. I know he pops up now and again with a wonder goal which sets him well with the fans but with the club going forwards I think if we could get I think Gineppo offers more for the future than Buffal so I reckon Armstrong starting Buffal on the bench no not Buffal Gineppo on the bench and then sell Buffal yeah you want to do it too <laughs> <laughs> see I didn't have any justification for selling Buffal but now I only said that that's going to be my justification I do, I, do, I do agree Armstrong I think he's probably the best for goal contributions when going forward he's probably the most consistent player as well which which I think we need and Gineppo I think he does offer that we don't really know what he's going to do because he doesn't know what he's going to do most of the time he's just a bit of a a wild player that can sometimes smash one from 25 yards or just go completely missing so 
Mm. I'll put him on the bench, Daryl Bufal, and I'll play Armstrong. Um, yeah, I think you've taken the words pretty much straight out of my mouth. Um, Armstrong is consistent, um, guaranteed good match from him. Um, Gineppo, yeah. I mean, he's, again, they're both hit and miss off the bench, aren't they? Mm. Um, Bufal and Gineppo. But yeah, I think Gineppo is the more promising. So yeah, I'm afraid Bufal is um, have to to cop it. Um, I, I did want to ask the question earlier. Um, what do you make of Bufal's return? Do you think he's been a success? He's been a hit or a miss? It's difficult with Bufal, isn't it? You never... I think sometimes when he, he seems like a player where if he's got something to prove, he can be a world beater. But if he's, if he's like nailed on for starting, he seems to get complacent, I think. But like mm. when, he, when he was playing for, what was it, we brought him in back in for the Burnley game. And he looked really good up until he got injured. He looked like the only player on that that field that wanted to create something. But it seems like once he has a good performance and then gets in the team, he kind of tails back off again. And it's a kind of repeated cycle. And he has problems with his injuries as well. So yeah. I think it was worth giving him the chance. But um, I, yeah, I think it's been an all right season for him. I don't think it's been brilliant. Yeah, he's done better than I expected because I wasn't expecting his work rates to be at the level that it is. Don't get me wrong, he's not the hardest working player, but he's doing more than what I expected. And he wants, he seems like he wants to be here, which is the main thing for me. But goal contribution-wise, it's not phenomenal. It's very, it's very average. And I'd much rather see these new players, not new players, but players like Jennifer and Armstrong get more of a chance than, than Buffon. Yep. He does seem to have got his attitude problem in check, or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's for that reason that I'm going to uh, I'm going to sell Bufau as well. I'm going to play Armstrong because of his hair. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Armstrong, as you say, has got everything. Gineppo, uh, I don't know. Yeah, say I think he's got the youth on his side. We don't really know. I mean, he's been, as you say, Kev, he's been hit and missed. Both of them, though, Bufau and and Gineppo, seem to be doing a better job off the bench. But I'd rather give Gineppo the chance, if I'm honest, than Bufau. Um, and the last one, this is going to be an interesting one. I thought I'd throw some legends in there for you. So we've got Letizier, BT, and Lambert. Oh, God. This is horrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we all kind of... We're all probably going to agree. I think Letizier's got a start. Um, then I'm going to say bench Lambert and sell BT. I think my kind of reasoning there is just because Lambert's played more recently and he's kind of got he's got more understanding of what it takes to play in the Premier League in the more modern era. So that's my kind of reasoning for wanting to bench him. I'm joining you there, Steve. I, th- I, I think that's probably what I'd go for as well because I know like Latiz is a legend and I've seen Lambert, you know, but I, I never really saw BT, so I can't really, I can't really justify it. So if it's one person, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick the person that I've just seen the least, to be honest, because um, I wasn't around when he was playing. So I'd probably have to do the same order, to be fair. Okay. The problem is currently Matthew Lasizia is fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew someone. Do you know what? I knew someone was going to come up with that, but I thought it was going to be Kev. Yeah, I think his ability at 51 isn't at the same level. His fitness is probably a bit, well, it might be a bit, a bit more because I saw him doing an 8K a few days ago. So for that reason, he's probably got to go. 
Uh, Lambert, oh, like you oh. say, he's most recently in the Premier League, so I'm going to play him and I'm going to bench. So you're selling, selling, selling the game. Game. Just to uh, just to check. Yeah, I said it. He's he's 51. You got to make the, the brutal. You got to make the brutal decisions. Yeah, who's uh, who, who are you going to sell with 51-year-old Letizia to? <laughs> probably Eastley. I think <laughs> <Eastley would> take, <laughs> maybe. To be fair, West Ham would probably take him. Yeah, West Ham would probably put him on their books. So Liverpool would take him. Let's be fair. Oh, the West Ham Liverpool easily, I think he'd go soon. Oh, my God. That's another reason for you to be sacked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You really don't give yourself any justice. Sorry, Tiz. I've made the decision. I've made the decision. I'm going to stick with it. Oh, dear. Kevin, what what are you going to do for us? I think that... um, I'm assuming you mean in the heyday. I do, um, um, even in their heyday, um, Ricky Lambert and Matt Latiz, um combined could probably play um, 90 minutes between them, so I think that'd make it um, <laughs> quite a good option. Um, Half time substitution. <laughs> and yeah, that means Beatty's is um, out on his ass. Oh, poor Beatty. Oh, Beatty, you don't know. What's he done to him? What's he done? Nothing. Imagine, <laughs> what could you put in Papa Wake or something like that? <laughs> that'd been easy, wouldn't it? Come on. True. Right, okay, I think that's about it this week. Um, but we have to ask the usual questions. Um, actually, Kev, do you want to do the Russian phrase beforehand? Um, no, but I will. Um, <laughs> so, yes, self isolation in Russian is Sama Isolatia. Sama Isolatia. How was that? Uh, that's good. Sama Isolatia. Are we all giving it a go? Yes. Sama Isolatia. Is that? Samuel Easy Latia. Good. Samuel Easy Latia. Alright, yeah, okay. <coughs> Samuel okay. Easy Latia. Oh, no, that was Paul. That was Paul. <laughs> that was Paul. <laughs> 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 Off again. That's a hat trick. Right. <laughs> Not even the Russian League of Taken. Um, <laughs> did Steve have a go? Uh, I'll have a go. Samuel Easy Latia. There you go. There you go, yeah. And that means. Self-isolation. Self-isolation. Okay, right. Uh, questions. Okay, right. Would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? Is it just sleeping in the haunted house? Yeah. Is it like I check in and out like a hotel? No, no. You stay, <laughs> there, you stay there for ten years. Mm. For ten years? Mm. Or a Pompey shirt every day for five. I've got to wear it like day right, and day I've out. Yeah, I've, yeah. Caused enough, I've caused enough enemies on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stay in Portsmouth shirt for five years just because. Whoa, I did too, don't worry. I, I yeah, I, I, can't, I can't be doing the Haunted House return. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. fine. I, I can't be doing that. That's fine. We'll recruit you for that one. That's good because I, I think <laughs> the same. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just like an underlay or something. Do you know what I mean? You can chuck stuff over. Yeah, but, you, you can know, jack it over. I'm sure about that. My like job interviews, wedding, funeral. I think, yeah, I think that's what I'd go for. As much as I hate to say it, I think that's probably what I have to go for. Would you rather be twice the height of Yannick Vestergaard or half the height of Kyle Walker Peters? Mm. I'd go twice the height, twice the height of Vestergaard. Think of me at back posts, then no one would be marking me, would they? I'd be taller than the crossbar. So you could just knock them down every time, didn't you? Yep. You're the perfect target, man. You're brilliant. I reckon I'd go for that. I think that's a sensible you know, solution. Slum it into the top right corner. <laughs> 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 We've already done that this year, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
They're not the top uh, right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to say the height as well. I just think half the height of Kyle Walker pieces is just too. Nah, I, can't, I can't be doing that. The thing is, though, you've got to bend down everywhere if you're the whole the height of Vestergaard. That's double the height of Vestergaard. That's the problem. Like, how are you going to get into get into small spaces? How are you going to sleep? That, that is a difficult one. But if I, it's I, a two foot five, you'd be reaching for everything, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not going to be able to reach the top shelf, are you? If you're two foot five. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say double the height of Vestergaard. I'll say double the height of Yannick. Cool. Okay. Right, guys. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's um, it's been been interesting. Thanks for having us. It's been good fun. Yeah. Good yeah, I've loved it. Good. Good. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, keep up the good work with your your uh, well, I say podcast, your YouTube channel and podcast. Yeah. And hopefully well, yeah. we can get back to media it. empire. Media empire. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us on, guys. It's been really good fun. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, guys. But yeah, um, stay safe and up the Saints. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, guys, so we return, and you know the drill. Quiz time. We're going to do what we did last time. We're going to shout your name out, okay? Yep, sounds good to me. I was hoping for a little bit more enthusiasm there. Your name out. <laughs> okay, so today we are heading back to the year of 2008. Okay. Oh, so, question number one. Who won the Euros? Kevin. Go on. Spain. It was Spain. Oh, well uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. for a bonus, where was it held? Austria and Switzerland. Yeah, you're not getting two points for that. <laughs> England weren't in it. We had the Wally with the Brummie. We did, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. for an extra bonus, who did Shit. Spain beat in the final? Um, uh, Kevin, Netherlands? No, oh. it was not Netherlands. Was it? It was Germany, it was it? was Germany. Well done. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. So it's 2-1 at the moment. Good point there. Nice bonus. Okay, Champions League. Who won the Champions League? Uh, Steve. Go on. Uh, um, it was Man United, wasn't it? It was Man United, yes. And for a bonus, where did Man City finish in the league that year? <laughs> no, I'm joking. For a bonus, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who did they get in the final? Steve, Chelsea. It was Chelsea. Oh, yeah. oh shit, I remember that now. And for another <laughs> bonus, where was the final? Okay. Kevin. Ah. Go on, Kevin, that was... Oh, it, hang on, that it was Steve. here in Moscow. I feel bad, yeah. It was, Moscow. it was in Moscow, yeah, Steve. Well done. Okay, uh, uh, number three. Who won the Premier League? Kevin. Steve. Kevin. Uh, I'll let you have a Kevin. <laughs> it was Man United. <laughs> oh, this is getting interesting. Uh, and for a bonus... Yeah, actually, we will do that. Where did Man City finish that year? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do closest then? Yeah. Uh, let's. Oh, uh, was that the? Was that the bye year? Oh, maybe that was just the season before. Um, I'll go eleventh. Okay, Kev, where are you going? Tenth. It was ninth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another bonus point. Uh, who finished bottom? Uh, Steve, I'll go. Blackburn? Wigan? No. Paul <laughs> oh, okay. Wigan. That no, was Derby. Uh, oh, oh, it's the worst ever season. Yeah. Okay, so Saints in the 2007-8 season were in the championship, but where did they finish? Uh, Kevin. Go on. 20th. It was 20th. Well done. Oh. Nice one. Oh, shit, that's yeah, that was fun, isn't it? 24 teams in the, Premier, in the championship, isn't it? Yeah. So 20th, yeah. Um, 
Okay, right. I'm going to name these players, these number sevens, and you can name the next one in the sequence to wear the number seven shirt. Okay. Matt Letizier, Andre Konchowskis, Kevin Phillips, Blank, Ricky Lambert, Shane Lowe. Kevin. Go on. Rudy Skatchel. It was Rudy Skatchel, Kevin. <laughs> I was listening to the number. They did all the best shirt numbers from oh. 1 to 23. And um, I, th- I think Tisdale said that Rudy Skatchel was his favourite. <laughs> Another reason to get Skatchel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, right, this is a little, little interesting one here. Right, okay, so there are 13 teams with the name United in the Premier League to League Two. I want you to take turns in naming them up to and including League One. If you get any from League Two, you lose. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I'm looking for nine of them, and, t- and there are four of them in League Two. So if you name a League Two one, you're out. Okay. Who wants to uh, go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, go on then. Okay, Newcastle United. Well done, Kevin. Um, Bristol United. <laughs> <laughs> you're out. Kevin. <laughs> Manchester United. Okay, there's another one. Um, Leeds United. Leeds United. Correct, Kevin. Um, West Ham United. Well done, Kevin. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, this is where I'm getting stretched now. Uh, <laughs> After four. <laughs> um, do I know my teams that well? South and United. There you go. League one. Just about League One. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, South and United. Yeah. I'm going to go low risk with Sheffield United. Well done. The other Premier League team. Uh, right, there's three more to get. Comes back to me. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if they're League One or League Two though. Take a punt. Take a punt. <laughs> um, Scunthorpe United. They are League Two. They are League Two. Uh, uh. Kevin, get this one right. You've done it. Um, what was Steve's? Pre- did Steve say Southampton? Right? Yeah, he has that. You, so you've said Man United, yeah. Newcastle, Sheffield, West Ham, Leeds, Southend, and he's also said Scunthorpe, which was a miss. Um. So there are three more. And three more wrong. Mm. Oh, fuck. I've got, you see, I've got one stuck in my head, but I'm not sure. Oh, I leave one, I leave two. Go for it. Um, You're both losers anyway, so. <laughs> what? No, I could win this. Yeah. Yeah, you won Once this. in my life, I might, might win it. <laughs> um, um, fuck. <laughs> Go on. It's so tough. Go on, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I think we, we got all the big ones out, didn't we, as it were? Yeah, South End. Hang on, a Colchester United. Is that what you're saying? Ah, no, no, no. They're oh, no, the mic. Are you, are, you saying, are you saying Colchester United? Oh, I don't want to, but that's the only thing I've got in my mind at the moment. Just naming the Essex teams here. No, it's not. They are League Two, so we'll call it a draw. Ah. The other teams in League Two were Cambridge United and Carlisle United. Okay, but the sorry. three that you've missed are Rotherham United, oh, okay. Peterborough the United, mm. and Oxford United. Oh, okay. okay, I mean they're kind of up and down. Te- maybe not Peterborough, but they're they're all up and down te- teams that you wouldn't know whether they're in League One or Two. Yeah, know? that's why it's tough. That's a good one. Mm. So we'll do that. We'll do that next week. But next week we're going to do all the Argyles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Uh, we're going to we're going to end with that uh, club link again. I'm going to name the, the teams that they play for, and if you don't get it, I'll put it out on Twitter and on Instagram and all that. Okay. So this player started at Esperance in '93. 
then move to Bolton Wanderers, then to Birmingham City, and then lastly at Southampton. Esperance, Bolton Wanderers, Birmingham City and Southampton. Esperance sounds Spanish. What a career though, finished at Southampton. I know, what a place to retire, eh? Any ideas? I'm clueless. Clueless. Kevin, are you still there, Kev? Yeah, I'm just, I don't know any sort of Spanish, like... The, what, was, you, what did you tell me about um, John Viafara? Yes, there is, it's, it's not him. It's not him, but there, you had some weird, weird um, statistic about him, didn't you? Did I? Yeah, I've completely forgotten about him until you mentioned him. I don't know. But it's not him. No, it's not him. <laughs> I can't think of Spanish, even Spanish players that played for Bolton either. Um, okay, well, I'm guessing you're not going to get it. I'm going I'm to tell you who it is off of... Obviously, I'll edit this out and I'll put it out there. Okay, um, so the result of the quiz. Steve, four points. Kev, six points. Well done, Kevin. No way! Yeah. I think you it. I think you did well with the Rudy Sketcher on the 20th. You picked that out. That was... Yeah. That was good. That was good. And you're... Um, I can't believe you didn't get where the 2008 Champions League final was there. <laughs> I think it was a millisecond in front of you. Oh, you would have got it, of course, yeah. I, I, I said the word must go first. <laughs> no, you didn't say your name. Oh, okay. Kevin, getting it in there for next. Okay, Ken, I'm going to end actually with with something. I'm going to I'm going to say we march on in a different language every week, and you're going to try and guess what the language is. Actually, Steve, you can do it as well, but you only get yeah. one guess at it. Okay. Huh? I'm going to start an easy one. Not much of us. Spanish. It's not. <laughs> Oh, Portuguese. It is Portuguese, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Portuguese. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's... Not, not so <laughs> Steve Neal. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I think that's it this week, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, there you go. Say that again. Nos marchemos. Nos marchemos. Nos marchemos. Don't pass that Cool, right, um, until next week. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Podcast Network.